Oh my God, here we go. It's week seven. Boys rule and girls drool, bitches. Is this gonna play? Isn't it? So, so abrupt. So abrupt. I, I, got, I gotta really get on the dude that makes those things. You know, he's just, he's we just slacking. Need a gentle fade out. That's all. Just a nice gentle fade. Well, I gotta redo maybe, the whole thing. Or like a screen wipe. A screen wipe, yeah. Okay, so, hey kids, if you notice, it's just the boys this week. The boys are taking over while the girls are out. Uh, you know, so it's just us. But I wanted to start out the show with doing something a little different because, you know, we like to get a little crazy when it's just the boys. And, you know, Dana has this obsession with bathhouses. So I thought it'd be really fun to start this week off. I'll check the chat in just a second, guys. I can't see it right now because I'm going to show this thing. On my memories this week, this pops up. Okay. From Brian Shutterbeaver. Leaving the nude beach. Damn, I love that place. Why that's on my memories? I'm not <laughs> even really sure. I probably tell Yeah, I guess. Hey, uh, Lashana, I saw she was at Awesome Con. She got some uh, great pictures of folks. Oh, and there's Christopher Cox. One time, a sumo wrestler guy was like chasing me in the water at all over. <laughs> that that was about all over beach, the nude beach. Well, that's exciting. It's a fun how beach. did you end up at a nude beach? Speaking of how we ended up this way, and how did you? Oh, make I looked. A I looked at a man chase you. I was down in. Um, oh, we you didn't end up beach, there. He found it. No, I sought it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have one in Moravia here. Oh, uh, well, they told me. They was... told me that there was a section that if you go over wow. the fence, fun things happen. <laughs> but nobody was there. Oh, uh, see, yeah, we had kind of a thing uh, when M- Missy and I were kids. Um, my uncle and father were working on this campground in Locke, uh-huh. and it was a nude camp. It wasn't open, so it was, you know, whatever. So we were there, and we had to go to the bathroom, so we went inside the cabin or whatever, and we opened the door, and there's all these toys all over the bathroom with pictures and things, and we didn't really, you know, we were younger so we were like that looks like a penis (sighs) you know we were a little traumatized and we opened this other door and it's a room and it was like something out of a movie where there's just all these pictures and all these like cut out magazine photos like all over the floor come to find out didn't the guy get busted for like being a pedophile oh my yeah yeah well yeah yep yeah. yeah, there was there was actually no sex at the at this beach. This was just like people was, naked. Yeah. Oh, what a what the hell. And honestly, it was a lot of really old fucking people naked. Like that's really what, fucking old. It's like the it's like the Dang. YMCA locker room. It's like as you every year past fifty means they get one inch closer to you when they talk to you in the locker room, like. Eventually, they just get to the point where you're like sitting on the bench and they throw like a leg up and they're just like Captain Morganing it in your face and they're having a conversation about the weather and how crazy expensive gas is. It's not where you want to be. See, I, I didn't mind as a child. I enjoyed the locker rooms, I enjoyed hanging out and doing my hair in the mirrors. Hey. Mm-hmm. Especially in a, what the hell was that, Fillmore Glen? You know, we used to go camping. I like and I would do my hair an awful lot until Uncle Ken isn't there the, isn't He's like, you don't need to be in here. It's no place for a kid. <laughs> isn't there a nude beach out there? A nude camp or something out there somewhere? Yeah, that's, that what, was, the that's what I was talking about. Lock, Moravia. You, no, there's you, there's one, I thought there was one in Moravia. I thought there was too, but it might Lock have been is like Moravia. You yeah, know, they're right now. Yeah. Oh. It was a camp. It was like oh. up on a hill. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So, Brian, what's going on at your house right now? 
Anything exciting? You got that? You got that? You got that contamination scene going up? <laughs> oh, Miss Vid. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Vid found my husband. Did you see that TikTok? Oh dear. What's TikTok? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't know what Spartan's talking about. <laughs> there may or may not be a TikTok if you go over to my uncensored radio. On TikTok, you could check some out. Maybe you could, I don't know what he's talking about, but there might be something relevant. I'm sorry, Brian. I didn't mean to interrupt your story. What's going on at your house, honey? Oh, no, I just said we got the vid visiting. Oh, you got herpes, did you? (laughs) Yeah, a long time ago. Oh, I hate that. It's a bitch to get rid of. (laughs) Fail tracks. <laughs> no. So we got the COVID, huh? The COVID, yeah. Yeah, no, he's not that sick, but. How's your B1? He's not dying or anything. But... He doesn't seem to have any symptoms or anything so far, so. Well, that's good. I, I took like three tests and I'm negative, so. Yay. So it's just a hubby. Yeah. Well, he's mostly so, the one that goes out. I stay at home. So, yeah. so and, and how open is he when he gets sick? Wait, is he like, does he get man sick? Oh, God. Does he have whiny buns or does he take care of himself? Well, he's he's is kind of whiny, but he has to take care of himself because he's with me. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, mean, if he's really- now would be. Now would be the great time to be, uh, well, you know, I don't want the baby getting sick, so I got to go stay someplace else. Well, he's not really that sick. Like, he's not, like, he just has, like, sniffles and stuff. So it's not like, he's not, like, fucking dying or something. I wouldn't change it. I'd make him leave. It, do- it doesn't even seem like the flu or anything. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah, a lot of people. Some- <laughs> yes. Shots, it's not supposed to be as bad, right? No. Yeah, a lot of people just have mild symptoms. Yeah, he's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, he's triple vaccinated. We are. Yeah. Well, except for yeah. the baby, obviously. Cool. Good. Well, hopefully, well, hopefully the baby doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it stays that way and it doesn't get any worse. Yeah, bro. So, yeah. I have a nice little segue here, Jeffrey. Yes. You and your boys this evening. It sounded like you had a little bit of. Uh, bedtime fiasco, a little frustration happening going on. Oh my god. You know... How do they go to bed with the fucking sun out? What do you mean? I mean, they they go to bed at... (laughs) (laughs) They go to bed at 7. That's that's it. That's that's what time we go to bed. Do you have like blackout curtains or something? Uh, I mean, yeah, it gets pretty dark in there. Yeah, we've got good oh, okay, okay. But, anyway, I mean, that's just always been the time they go to bed, you know? So it doesn't really phase them. And, I mean, they're tired by 7. So Uh-oh. it's always worked. But, yeah, tonight they were just, you know, they were handing me a bunch of lemons. So this okay. week I'm going to have Katrina A. Johnson from Nickelodeon's All That make me some lemonade while I'm in Atlanta, Georgia at Ranger Stop and Pop, uh, you know, we're going to be selling lemons. So, if you're in the Atlanta area, come see myself, Angelique Bates, and Katrina A. Johnson. Just saying. Do it. When is it? What day does that start? Uh, June 10th through the 12th. Be at Ranger Stop and Pop at the Sheridan downtown Atlanta. There will be a bunch of Power Rangers there. Uh, you know, the original April O'Neil from the Ninja Turtles movie. She's going to be there. Judith Hoach, I think is her name. Yeah. Uh, she's quite lovely. I met her uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, nice lady. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, a bunch of people that, yeah, from Power Rangers. Comic, and, yeah, yeah. It's it's Karen, Karen Nakia. Uh, and is it like a 90s thing? Well, it's Power Rangers in 90s. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, so it's uh, the first one I'm working in a decade, so it's it's a little stressful. Leaving the kids for a week for the first time in years, a little, little nerve-wracking. 
Uh, what does Ledge say to him? Yeah, yeah, Ledge, just go watch Lucky the kids. <laughs> yeah, Lucky yeah, poor, yeah, she's just over here barely walking. I'm like, you sure you going? Are you up for this, chick? She's like, you better come back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, you know, the ocean's only five hours away, right? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm coming back. So yeah, we'll see. And then you know, thir- so the conventions Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Thursday we have a separate event going on in Atlanta. Uh, Save the video store, which if you go check out our social media pages, we actually have a contest. We're giving away VIP tickets. The video uh, store. Save the video store. I think it's dot com. Um, it's we've had commercials up on there. It's pretty awesome. Check it out. Uh, you can get VIP tickets from us. You can win them. You just got to follow, like, and share, tag some friends. So go check that out. It's on ours, Angelique Bates on Instagram, and Katrina A. Johnson on Instagram. Any of our pages, you can find the contest rules, and you can find how to get tickets on there. And that's Thursday the 9th that we'll be there, but that event also goes on all weekend. So, yeah, check this out. Is that out. at a different location? Yes, yes. So we'll be only we're only there Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday we're at Ranger Stop. So we're 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 busy. We're busy, busy, busy. Busy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, who would have thought? Like when you're a kid, you're like watching the Power Rangers, and you know what? When I grow up, I'm just gonna hang out with these guys, and then here you are. So when I was a kid, we used. We used to get to the bus stop and like me and my friends would have like a whole conversation about the bar. It was like a big deal. It was out in the morning too at like six thirty. Yep. <laughs> it was the the bigger trippy thing for I mean for me, you know, like I was more the Melrose Place kid. So when we got when we had Josie Bissett on, like that was kind of more my thing. Or, you know, when Jake had Rosie on or when we did Ricky Lake, um, Leah Remy. Uh, we got to talk about like when she was on Say by the Bell and her kissing Zach Morris on the beach. Um, it was, you know, hey, it's Leah trippy, Rodney right? Was on it's Saved trippy. By the Bell? Yeah, she was in the summer episodes. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was definitely, you know, when um, Karen and Catherine, Catherine replaced Amy Joe, the original pink chick and Mighty Morphin. Uh, they were down here in March, you know, we hung out and we went to go see the Batman and like sitting with them in the movie theater. And I'm just like, this definitely is trippy, right? Like if you would have told my younger self, like flash forward all those years later, I would have went to LA and filmed a reality show and done the show with them. I felt like that. And, like Roseanne. I felt Mars like that kid. when I picked up, uh, yeah. Michael Fishman. Michael yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. We're right? sitting on your couch talking. Like, I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, made him sleep in a, a bedroom or in a, the daycare room with a shitty diaper. <laughs> Poor Michael Fishman. Yeah, well, shit happens. Anyway. Every day. So, <laughs> Dana, you yep. had a very fascinating topic for this evening. I did. I did. And I thought, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, I don't know. I mean, as far as, like, social interaction goes, it's probably, it, it, it kind of divides the, the people of Earth into two different categories. I mean, you've kind of <laughs> got people that focus on, like, their own selves and their own emotions and people that focus on the people around them. Um, and my idea for tonight was to talk about um, how good, I mean, it, you come to the core of it is how well can you identify what emotion you're actually feeling when you feel it? And do you even notice it right away? Because uh, it'll affect your behavior. It'll affect your outward, like your attitude. and It'll affect your mood. But you may not even really realize what's causing it until you take a second. You're like, boy, why am I grumpy? Or why am I being quiet? Or like, why do I feel tense? And like, it's usually that point, like where you kind of question it, like, why am I being this way? Or sometimes you don't even notice. Maybe somebody else notices and like, hey, you're being weird. What's going on? Like, yeah. so that's what I'm talking about tonight. I think we should explore our own ability to perceive our emotions, how that affects other people, how it affects ourselves, how it affects behavior, 
and how that's changed from when we were younger until today. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. I think for me, right, emotions are something you didn't really talk about mm -hmm. in my house growing up. Um, I don't know that anybody taught me emotions were a weakness, but that's definitely how I felt. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just remember there was a pivotal point in my marriage where one day I realized that I was kind of, I took out my whatever it was, frustration, my anger, you know, like I'd wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Like I was tired, I was exhausted, and I was just snappish, you know? Mm -hmm. And he got the brunt of that, right? And it wasn't about him. It was no. about me. And finally one day I was like, you know what? This isn't about you and I'm sorry. And when I'm like this, you need to check me. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to say something and not allow me to do this. Right. Um, because it's not okay. Um and then finally, I think the one day, you know, I'm like, I'm just so, you know, too. And like, that was, uh, I called Kelly. I, when I was in New York, I grabbed one of my old phones because we were trying to hack into Katrina's Twitter. And of course I saw some old text messages. It was fine. It didn't bring up any like emotions or right. But the interesting thing was to me, I saw a dude that had, that was constantly stressed out. We felt like he was never heard. Um, so a lot different than now. Yeah, yeah. And he was in a lot of trouble, right? Like he was constantly asking for help. Yeah. And no, it was. It is a lot different because now I'm able to say like, I, you know what I mean? I know like I yeah. didn't get enough sleep last night, so I'm bitchy, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know the things that I need to do in order to counterbalance that. Um, yeah. Or back then, it was like just kind of learning. You know, you're still in your 20s and trying to figure out, like, why am I being such a bitch? Yeah. You know, or why am I so overly emotional today? Why is everything affecting me? Like you were saying, when you were a kid, like, you never really were taught that you should talk about your emotions and process them. Like, it's probably the same as when I was a kid to a certain extent, like, where it was when you had an emotion, like, when you were overly excited and like antsy it was hey calm down so you shut that emotion down or when you're really right. sad it was oh calm down here stop being sad so shut that emotion down and when you're angry it's like hey don't be angry shut that down like it was it was constantly being told like don't show your emotions don't have your emotions shut them down and that's <laughs> not right 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 I, then, I honestly i think that's one of the big things that we do wrong as like a society we raise boys that way and it's, oh, yeah. i think it's one of the reasons we have like such one of the reasons that we have such a gun problem in america because boys are taught to never feel their emotions or to always suppress them or to they're never taught to like just feel them know mm -hmm. what they are and let them go yeah so you end up you know I don't know who it was. And then you could, take it even, you could take it even further than that. Like yeah. when you start to get a little bit older and you're like a teenager, say you're, say you're just in a funk. Maybe you're having a hard time at school with your friends or whatever. And you're just depressed right. for a few days. And your parents are like, oh, hey, there's something wrong with you. Is What's wrong with you? Is that? And they're immediately planting that seed. Like, oh, wow. All right. So feeling sad means there's something wrong with me. I better... I'm not, I guess I'm not sad. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like it, it, it's the, the whole, uh, the whole way of addressing emotions is really, it's, it's, I think it's really stunted a lot of people and kind of handicapped them to their own ability to process their normal human experience to a certain yeah. extent. Did you get sent to therapy? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. You, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. but <laughs> even that, like, it, that's another example. Like, I, I'd already been conditioned so much at that point. Like, I think I was, like, 12 when I, I got sent to therapy. Um, and as a 12-year-old, what made sense to me was, oh, no, I'm fine. I was just, I, I don't remember anything bad happening, and I'm fine. Because I don't want to be broken. I don't want to have problems. So if I'm right. fine, they'll leave me alone, and I, I can I can be fine. Like, and that was it. 
I was like, oh, I don't really like going to therapy. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm all right. So I, dude, I, I'd already I, been conditioned to not even accept therapy at that point. I think I asked to go because I just... One of the things like uh, like Jenny Pentland and I talk about a lot is, you know, she never felt heard. You know, when you don't feel heard, you're kind of always over explaining. Okay. You're always trying to be heard or trying to explain yourself. Um, and like this therapist, like I, I just was mortified, you know, she's like doing a pie graph. And I'm like, you know, by the time we were done, I'm like, I, I could I didn't need you to tell me any of this lady. Like. I told you all this when I walked in, like, so uh, what are we, yeah, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? And then they shove Zoloft down my throat and I hated it. And then that was it. You know, I swore right. pants off for 10 years. I'm like, this, this was a terrible experience. What about you, Brian? Uh, like, what was it like when you were a kid? Like if you had like some kind of emotional thing, like you got angry or you got, or sad or like crying, what, what, what was it like when you were Well, it depends. Kid? It depends who I was with. Like my mom. You know, most of the time I was with my mom, who was kind of like, uh, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really, I don't know. It wouldn't have mattered if we were a boy or a girl for her. I oh, think. here's a good one. Toughen up. Be a man. Right? Yeah. I don't know if she said those that exactly, but she would. Like I said, it wouldn't have mattered. kind of a tough. It wouldn't have mattered whether we are a girl. She's yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She's just kind she of that person of like, you same. power through. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that was one of my big problems, especially, like, in relationships, is that I just would, like, shut down and just oh, wait yeah. for the storm to pass. Mm-hmm. Yep, but you the, can't do that in a relationship. No, the avoidance. No, you don't want conflict. Yeah. I don't want that yeah. bad feeling, so I'll just avoid. I know yeah, exactly. And I was the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about everything. Oh, well, I fine. do. I, I like talking. I prefer talking about that to somebody who's a stranger. <laughs> like, I like therapy. We, yeah. Well, I mean, in the relationship, like, if we have a problem, like, I feel like, you know what I mean? The conflict drives me crazy. Like, I don't, I don't want to have a conflict. Oh, yeah, me too. But I need to solve it, right? Like, I need oh, to feel exactly. some sort of resolution. Otherwise, I feel sick to my stomach. Oh, and the, yeah. the worst part is when it's it's not even about uh, an action. The, the the most frustrating arguments I have is when somebody makes it about the actual incident instead of processing how you feel about it. Like, like oh, well, I, I'm sorry I messed up your dinner. Um, I'll buy you dinner. Are we cool? Like, no, it's not about buying me dinner and replacing a thing. It's about like talking to me about like how did you mess up dinner? How did you feel when that happened? Like, I know how I felt. This is how I felt. Like, what's your perspective? Can we talk about that and like process like right. where we were coming from, what our intentions were? Like, yes, through that. Like, and then the there's certain yes. people I think that just don't comprehend that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, this action happened and then this action happened, so it's complete now. Now compare that to somebody else who's really looking for like an emotional like conclusion to a situation to feel good about like, oh, well, this person's intentions were to do this and it was an accident or maybe they were having a bad day and the thing happened and oh, that that sucks. Okay, I understand. I can be compassionate for that. And then you work through it and you, you get back to the same page. But when you have somebody that's focused strictly on like actions and consequences versus actually like dealing with somebody who's looking for an emotional resolution it's like you're speaking two different languages have you ever had something like that happen Uh, um yes yes (laughs) it gets frustrating right um yes yes it was yes it's it's a challenge i mean i think it's very difficult and two when you don't realize what that is oh i know i think it's even the harder part of it, right? Mm-hmm. When you know that there's a problem, but you don't even know how to articulate. Because you never taught it when you're younger. Yeah. You have yeah. no idea how to explain like, okay, we're not, we're not connecting here. We're not understanding each other. And I don't understand. Like I, I like the, you can see what's going on, but you don't know how to put into words. Yeah. All you have is that feeling like it's, it's yeah. 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 It's so, it's such a frustrating and heartbreaking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know my favorite is can we just can we just 
move on? Can we just forget about this? Oh, and that's the worst is that like you're just resigning because you're like these these they're, they're, the points aren't just going to meet and it's not worth tearing myself up about. And, and I do think that. at sometimes sometimes you do have to do that, right? Like there are sometimes I think in any relationship, friendship, whatever, marriage, um, you you just have to know that you're not going to agree and there is no peace, you know, there's no, you know, uh, happy ending to that moment and just be okay with moving on. Yeah. But it can't be every time. That's where you really start to learn. If nobody's ever taught you about boundaries, that's a great place to start. Like if, I mean, once you start, I have like, I have a system of buckets, I call it. Like I have a bucket and everybody else has a bucket. Like, Brian, I have a bucket for you. And Jeffrey, I have a bucket for you. And what happens is those buckets have a little leak in the bottom. And if you pile a bunch of crap in that bucket to the point where it doesn't leak out after a while and it fills up to the top and it starts to overflow, I lose my junk on you and I can't be around you. Like, I just, I, I'm like, there's been way too many of these negative experiences in this bucket and it hasn't emptied out yet. Like. I need to set a boundary here and be like, this is, this has got to stop. Or like, Wait, I, I think at some point it just gets to it where it's like, I, I, there's nothing left. To, mm-hmm. I have nothing left to give. Yeah. Right. And it's like, this is not working. I'm not happy. And there, there's nothing here. Right. Like it's just a toxic relationship. Like it's, it's a waste dump of toxicity and it's time to go. Like and- one, somebody has to walk away. Brian, have you ever been in a relationship where you don't argue, where you just get to the point where the you know that the outcome isn't going to be what either person wants? And I don't think I've ever Jeff- had a relationship where I don't argue. No. Jeffrey, you have. Friendship yeah. relationship. Have you ever just have you ever resigned to the fact that like something's upset you, but you know that even just bringing it up is going to frustrate you because you're not going to you're not going to work through it. You know, it's just yes. impossible to work through it with the person. So yes. you're just like, whatever, just let it mm-hmm. go. Yeah, yeah. That's when you know you're in trouble. Like when you my stop whole writing. marriage. Yeah, because I remember I- you guys used to do that a lot. Like you, you he, Joe would come home from the gym or something, and he'd sit down on the porch for a second. And you say a couple of things, and then you just disappear. And you're like, what's Joe's problem? How come he's not hanging out? Like, eh. like it, it was just that quiet ignoring of the elephant in the room, you know? Well, and, and the funny thing is, is there was times so like when my friend Shannon and I, we did daycare, mm-hmm. she, we'd be sitting on the couch, right? And like, you know, whatever be going on. And I'm like, okay, he's going to come in. He's going to say this. I'm going to say, right? I'd lay out. Word for word, what was going to happen, how he was going to react, what his mannerisms would be like. And she would sit there and be hysterical, which would piss him off even more. And I, I would nail it, right? Like, I just knew exactly what he was going to say. I'd say what I was going to say. And he'd storm off. Yeah. And it, I mean, that's what, you know what I mean? Like, I just knew it didn't matter at that point what I said, you know? And it really, at the end of the relationship, was just, it was a living hell. Like, we were both on eggshells because we didn't know what was going to set the other one off. Yeah. And you you're know, looking we just for it, too. You, when you're in those close quarters, you become hypersensitive to the other well, people's we weren't. I mean, just like, yeah. I constantly was working. I did that thing where I buried myself in work and avoided being home as much as possible. When I was home, I found, you know, I was with the kids. I, I found things to do. You know what I mean? Like we were living together, but apart, mm-hmm. you know, like it wasn't, you know, we were roommates really. And so that's where I was talking about at the beginning. Like it kind of divides people into two different categories. Like yeah. you have one person in that situation where they become less in touch with their emotions. I think, I think that they just, they're like, oh, this isn't working. Oh, this feeling isn't good. I'm just going to not have it. I'm going to just focus on something else. And they're not even going to try to introspect and try to learn what is going on and figure it out and dig into their feelings and their history and whatever. They're just going to ignore it and get more desensitized to it. Then you've got the other person that becomes hypersensitive to it because they want to work through it and they want to make the problem go away. So you've got somebody who actually may have a more sensitive personality, but because they're in this position, 
it develops into a hypersensitivity, just like somebody who's blind can all of a sudden like hear their surroundings. Like you start to pick up on so many little subtle cues. Oh, it's interesting. That's what I, that's what I think about empaths a lot. Cause like, I think sometimes people become empath, like empaths because they grew up in a house that was, you know, very chaotic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they learned to be very oh, acute, yeah. acutely aware of, uh, you know, well, you had to. the surroundings, oh, yeah. of course, yeah. You had to. Like, that was the way of survival. You had to be able to read the temperature of whoever was walking in the door to know. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I had, that was the same thing. That was, like, with my stepdad. He was, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was, was he, he never knew. Yeah. Oh, he's an alcoholic. And oh, okay. Luckily, he would usually come home at like five thirty, six o'clock, and just pass out on the couch, and yeah. then take himself to bed, which yeah. was preferable. Because if he didn't do that, yeah. Well, he, I bet you probably learned like, oh, well, there's some certain things that I shouldn't do when he's like this because it's going to set him off. There's certain things I can do when he starts to get a little triggered that maybe can calm him down. Like you probably had to be aware of that as a kid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It's my life right now. Yeah, I, I mean, tell you about anxiety. Like when, when you have to be hyper vigilant for like when the next blow up's going to happen, or when the next meltdown's going to come, or when the the next like unloading on you is going to happen. Like you're like always braced for impact. Like the more it happens and the longer it goes on, you just become like shell shocked. You're like, oh, when's it going to hit? And yeah, he he also yeah. he becomes kind of like a heckler too. So you got like oh yeah, where he tries to coax the 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 conflict out of you so he can have his emote. yeah he just or he just heckles everybody that's there. He's a bully. Yeah. Now I have to like say that he's a lot better now, like than he was yeah. when he was younger. Like he doesn't drink like that anymore. Aren't we all? So that's a positive thing. But yeah, when we were kids, he was. Right. Well, could you imagine, like, if we could go back with the knowledge you have older in life to when you were younger? What a game changer. Like, right? Oh, Youth really is wasted on the young. Yeah, yeah really. You know? Yeah, but like, we wouldn't have like, come on, time this, machine. We wouldn't have ended up this way if we <laughs> didn't have a yeah, chance to learn the hard way, I guess. It's true. Right, sometimes it's got to be trial by fire. Well, so I think people fire. grow the most when they suffer. So, so that that comes down to now we're now we're coming back around. Like you, you have situations that cause these different type of reactions. But uh, what do you think? Uh, like in the people that you interact with now on the day to day, like in, in your peer group, uh, can you kind of identify people that fall in one category or the other? And w- what kind of group of people do you more closely? relate to or kind of gravitate towards you don't have to no i mean like (laughs) somebody who's like more like feelings based i like i like the misfits or the what remember that movie misfits you know with the misfit toys the misfit toys yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the dentist the dentist elf you know, Brian, if you would have asked me like seven <laughs> years ago, I'd have been like, yeah, it's, yes, the Misfits. And now I'm like, mm, you know what? The Misfits stole all my uh, uh, Hallmark Christmas ornaments. The Misfits robbed me blind. They stole my medication. I think I'm good on the Misfits. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to be selective about some of the Misfits, I guess. Um, Actually, I, nowadays, you know, I, I don't really leave my house. So no, I'm right. No I'm done running a yeah. charity. Uh, but when I, I'm talking about when I was younger. Yeah. Um, well, I think we all were, right? I think the three okay. of us, I, I think I can speak for, we, I, I feel like the three of us were misfits in our own individual ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and we each kind of had our own group, you know, and Brian and I, we were young enough that our groups mingled together, you know, and yeah. Dana ours came later. Uh, but very much misfits. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I tried so hard, like, 
all I wanted to do is make people laugh and be entertaining and try to yeah. just get somebody to want to hang out with me and want to be around me. And it was just, I, I was really desperate. And the more I think back about it, like, I, I mean, I'm obviously just remembering a lot of the stuff that stands out because certain incidents or whatever happened. Mm -hmm. But I think about so many things where I took things to extremes to try to be funny or just try to get people to be entertained by me or to tr try to just make something new happen. So people are like, oh, wow, this, I never saw anything like that. Dana was, uh, and it, it was, I think back on it, it's so embarrassing. It's like, all I really had to do was be nice. Like I just needed to be nice. You were always entertaining, I think, without even trying. To me, oh, I was trying. I was you trying. Were not. You oh, didn't have trying. to try around me. Well, you uh, know what happens when you practice something? You get good at it, and repetition it just becomes it becomes like second nature. It's like, oh yeah, I can. It'll be funny. <laughs> I mean, I, it wasn't really hard when you're just sitting there where we were chain smoking and drinking Jack Daniels at 10 a.m. Uh, with no children there you go. in our 20s. It was a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it makes it yeah, just sitting on the couch, hanging out, drink, day drinking. Yeah. It was yeah. a lovely time. It was a fabulous thing. Uh, you know, that'd be like Brian and I, 420. Hello. Um, I'm Easter. Happy. Yeah, Easter. My grandmother banging on the window. What's going on? How come and I can't see across the room? Honestly, this is the best <laughs> part about, about day drinking is that usually you've got time to drink a bunch of water by the end of the day. And the next day you don't have a hangover. Right. right. So there's no negative side to day drinking as far as I can tell. Yeah. I, I Going back to your question, though, I think... Um, it's interesting now. I'm much more choosy and I keep my distance. Mm. Like, I don't really, Protecting. you know, people like, it's always interesting. People are like, how do you make friends in your 30s? And I'm like, why would you want to? Right. Uh, I have know, so you know much baggage. I mean? Why do I want to intermingle with all this other baggage like, out there? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I'm not out there looking, right? If it comes, I feel like it'll come naturally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it happens. It's fine. Um, it's and that's yeah. cool. Yeah, you know? I don't I don't need to go looking for it. I got enough. And I don't, I don't know. You know, I do remember as a kid always feeling lonely. I don't feel lonely anymore. Mm -hmm. Ever. I like being alone. Yeah. I always got things to do. I'm busy. You know what I mean? Like, I got shit to edit. I got shows to do. Uh, I got tweets to tweet. Yeah. TikToks well, to make. I, I don't I got, got time to be lonely. To <laughs> What's one of the biggest... I got uh, things to be tweeted. I, th I think both of these both of these spectrums, like the person that walls off their emotional side and the person that really embraces it and dives into it, I think that both of those people use those as kind of like coping mechanisms. Like one's trying to solve that emotional problem to resolve a conflict, yeah. and the other one's just avoiding the conflict altogether and pretending like it doesn't exist. Well, like, they're, they're both coping mechanisms. Depending on who you're around, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. do you... I, you know what I mean? Like, depending on where I'm at, who I'm around, like, I'll wall everything off, put it away, and I'll deal with it at a later day. Sure. You know? Like, I oh, will yeah. check the baggage and uh, move on. That's that's a hard one. I, I don't know. I wish I had that ability. You know, as soon as something happens, immediately, immediately, I want to just dive into it and find the resolution. And I'll stay in that headspace. Sometimes there is no resolution. Yeah, I know. And I'll stay in the hardest. That, that was the hardest thing. Being in therapy. And she finally, the one day, she was like, what, what could he say to you that would make you feel better? And I, I really, like, sat down and thought about that. You know, or what could my mother say to me that would make me feel better? Mm -hmm. uh, anybody, you know. And, and you're just like, I don't think they have the capability capability to understand well, what it would take the to first say thing. that. I'm yeah. like, they couldn't, first off, they could you know what I mean? And I'm aware of the fact that mm -hmm. they couldn't even understand what I needed, number one. And number yeah. two, even if they could, there really isn't anything they could say that would make it better, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not about them. It's about me and how I exactly. feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. right? And it's like, hard to come to that realization because when you're always thinking about everybody else, 
now it's time you have to think about you. Uh, that's that, that, that feels it that feels uncomfortable. You know, when you spend ten years in a relationship and you start to have this idea, oh, it's it's you know this and this person, mm-hmm. and then that has to separate and your businesses together and you do all the thing, and then it's like, wait, who am I? Who the hell am I? Oh yeah. You know, there was this huge identity crisis that all came with that. All these things that I used to like, I don't even want to do anymore. What do I? Yeah. Think? Yeah. 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 Like I don't know what I like to do. I don't know what my favorite color is. I didn't know. You know, it's like, well, I don't even know what I like really to cook because it was like, well, I made yeah. things that, you know, I don't, yeah. I didn't know. I really didn't. And then I didn't even know that I didn't know until it happened. Yeah. You know, and then all those firsts of being alone and like, oh, well, who's going to mash the potatoes on Easter? Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And like, that was and a really emotional thing for me. I'm a little particular yeah. about how I mash my potatoes and I really enjoy doing it myself. Well, there was other things that I was, you know what I mean? Like there was enough things that I was in control of. (laughs) You can handle mashing the fucking potatoes. You know what I'm saying? And let me tell you, let me tell you, one, one, (laughs) one Thanksgiving, and it was the last one we spent together, right? And uh, (laughs) I didn't do a fucking thing. Yeah. So angry at me. So He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Yeah. How many Thanksgivings did I not do anything? Let's keep a tally. See, that's another thing. What about this one? Do you ever do you ever get yourself into the point where you you've given up trying to work on the emotional part and it just becomes a, a scorecard? Like, oh yeah, you did this thing made me upset. Oh, well, you did this thing made me upset. You did this thing made me upset. Well, you did oh, yeah. this thing made me upset, and you just go back and forth following uh-huh. your complaints at each other. You don't yeah. ever dig into the feelings because you know it's pointless. Just Were gonna... you flirting with him? Okay, yeah, but you lied about this one. You deleted his comment, tried to hide it, and you did this, and you did that, and you locked your phone, and you blah, blah. Yep. It just goes back and forth, and it's... And none my, of that only rule, my only rule is if you're flirting with him and you're going to do something with him, just bring him home so I can share, well, too. You know what I'm saying? Right, my thing was is I didn't genuinely care, right? Like, I don't care because I'm not worried. But yeah. don't come at me and get mad like I'm... You know, like there was one time, it was in the very beginning, right? We, Shannon, I, I don't know if you were there, but Shannon, our other friend, the tall one that looks like Lurch, uh, we, we were going to go out dancing, right? Lisa. So, no, it was a dude. Um, I, I, so I caught, we weren't even living together, right? You know, two hours away. I said, well, you know, we're going to go out dancing. Um, you know, I know you don't dance, but I'm, you know, my friends and I are going to go out and we all dance. And, you know, my one friend's a guy friend. We don't dance nicely. So I want you to know, I don't want you to get upset, right? <laughs> like, this is what we do. Because I'm, you know, I'm 22. I'm not changing who the hell I am. Mm-hmm. And right in front of him. And I kept pulling him, trying to get him to come up and dance with us. Didn't the, the biggest fight, fit throwing, happen. And, like, my one girlfriend, like, stormed off and, like, defended him and, like, threw a fit. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, before I even asked, I said, this is what we're doing. If that's going to make you uncomfortable, please don't come. Because I haven't got to do this in forever. And I want to go have a night with my friends. You don't like to dance. So if you don't want to dance and you're going to be uncomfortable with me dancing with my friends... Don't come. Mm-hmm. And then you came and you got pissed off. It wasn't like I had his junk in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we well. were just dancing. And the worst part about that is you weren't in front you, of you. You were completely kept, transparent. Well, you're, you, you're married. Not openly. No, but yeah. this, you know what I mean? We weren't living together. Yeah. This was very much in the beginning. And like, too, oh. the same, like right next to me, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. were on the thing next to me, and I kept trying to grab him by the hand and pull him up to dance mm-hmm. with us. So it wasn't like I was even ignoring him while we were dancing. And things like that would make me absolutely insane. I, I feel bad for situations, and I feel bad for that type of person because here I can see from their perspective that they probably wanted to go because they wanted to be a part of your right. fun. They wanted to they wanted to take part in that. But they didn't have 
the emotional maturity to understand that they wouldn't right. be able to handle it. Like they couldn't model, they couldn't look into the future and right. say, okay, when this happens and I see this going on, is this going to make me upset? Like, oh, that's but not, it turned into like a whole yeah. thing where they like hid the car, pretended like drove back two hours home. Mm -hmm. And the next day, like when I saw him in the morning, he's like, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> Oh, you, you got, you, I don't I'm know. I'm sorry you, you got upset. I don't know who you think like, you're talking to, but it ain't me. Yeah. What do I have to say for myself? What do you have to say for yourself for embarrassing yourself? Ta-da. Like, I mm. told you what we were doing. Yeah. So that, all right, so let's talk about this. So we now we have the conflict and things are flared up. How did the how did the resolution come with that? Like when do you remember back to when you talked about it? Do you ever feel like you made any headway? Like you you met eye to eye at the end of it, or was it just a series of like butting heads until you just stopped talking about it? No, it actually took down a friendship uh, that night for I don't know like eight months. Shannon and I didn't talk. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was another one. So she's another one. Cheated on every girlfriend she's ever had. I've always kept the secrets. Was always the secret keeper of everybody's, right? So if anybody's cheating on their spouse, I'm, I'm the one that knows, okay? Mm -hmm. It's just the way it works. Always okay. have. So Shannon's always, you know, whatever. So she, she, was, she hid him. She hid him and acted like he went home, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm getting pissed Wait, off. Like because of, what? It was a guy? It was Joe. Oh. So we came back from the club because I got, I rode, I drove whatever they, he left with them because we were, you know, we took two separate cars. Uh, got back to her house because we were staying there. And they acted like he left and went back to Buffalo because he was so devastated because I was dancing with Lurch. And, and the two, the dykes were right there dancing with us. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like it was just him and I. Um, so, but Shannon just thought I was so evil for doing that. Okay. So, um, so you Patrick Swayze with Lurch and yeah. then that created a, I'm going home because you're the worst person ever situation. Yeah. And that, yeah. so and after Shannon, that, like yeah. when you actually got together and talked about it, like, what was that even like? Uh, well, you know, what do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, uh, and I'm and I'm I just remember me like barking back, you know, and then me powering my opinion, of course, and two at the time now, you know, twenty years later, almost, no, not almost twenty years later, but a lot of years later, I, I do see the flaws in my my thinking. Right, I should have been more sensitive and understanding yeah. of of the situation. Right, and I was being quite the prick. Yeah. And I should have just honestly never invited him. Yeah. Um, probably would have solved the whole thing um, or just not done it. That probably would have been the better choice. There's that. Um, you know, I, I definitely was not a very sensitive person mm -hmm. to him. Uh, you know, I'd been through the ringer at that point. Every relationship I had, I'd been used. It was always very transactional. Mm -hmm. And I was not used to somebody being like that yeah like hurt by your actions like somewhat possessive like yeah i was always i was always they wanted one. to be exclusive and yeah I, I was the hurt one i was always the one kind of being hurt so it was a very very strange yeah a little role reversal thing you know and i definitely was not the sensitive person i should have been well because how were you treated in those situations yeah, and you, I didn't you know. You probably I didn't, learned it. Not that yeah. it's an excuse, you know what I mean? But I honestly, yeah. genuinely did not realize or know how shitty I was being until later. Yeah. And, you know? and imagine how much easier it would be to have a conversation about, like, instead of you did this, and then you said this, and then you yeah. did this, to say, hey, remember that stuff right. I did? I felt like this when that happened. Yeah. Like, I wasn't trying to... Be, I wasn't trying to make you feel bad. I was just trying to have fun. My intention was to have a good time, and I brought you with me because I wanted you to have a good time too. And it made me upset. I felt bad that you were kind of crapping on my good time when I told you what it was going to be like. And then 
from their perspective, they can say, well, I really couldn't figure this out. I, I didn't realize it was going to be like this. I was really upset. I mean, you can both look at each other and say, wow, I see your intention here. You didn't mean to hurt me. I see your intention here. You didn't mean to ruin my night. You Both of you came at it from a place where you were ignorant of each other's feelings. And now that you know each other's feelings, maybe there could be some kind of rebuilding there. I think in a lot of cases, people get caught up so much in the the emotion of the argument itself yes. and the conflict that they, they miss the point of what they're even talking about. Like mm-hmm. they, they can't go back and really Almost. resolve the issue because the, the, the negotiation about the issue, I think that churns up even more conflict and can actually make it worse if you're not prepared to actually talk about what's behind your actions. Mm-hmm. Well, most people seek to um, be understood and then understand the other person, whereas really it should be the other way around, where we seek to understand the other person before we try to be understood ourselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the first thing I remember, I've done this for so many years, like when somebody does something that seems to have hurt my feelings in some way, and I, I just can't understand it. I'm just like, why would you do that? Because I want to know why. I don't, I, I know, we know that whatever the thing is that happened that made the person upset, it happened, whatever, it's done. But why? I just want to know why would you do that? Yeah. And usually when I hear the answer, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. Now I know why you did that. <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of times people get caught up in the, well, you did this thing, so now I'm going to do this thing. And like mm-hmm. it's like a retribution or you did this thing. Tap. Now I want you to repay yeah. me. Let's see if you can make it up to me by doing other things. Like it's all about these things. And it's never yeah. really about like seeing eye to eye. And that's what that's what brings people together instead of tearing them apart. Yeah. What about you, BC? Here, Brian. What about me? Wait, what your relationships. Yeah. Well, I was always. <laughs> I'm getting better at communicating. <laughs> do uh, do you get a, a little? Do you, I believe it's called a a stone wall. Do you stone wall your husband? Do like if he uh, if he if he makes you upset, do you passive aggressively? Oh no! I'm just—I'm all aggressive. Oh, you're fully aggressive. Okay, yeah, so you make no. them aware of your discomfort. Oh yeah. Now, what makes you feel better? Is it's it like is a it chihuahua? When, when, when there's when there's an argument and you you try to seek a resolution to the argument, do you want something like a a, a like a balancing of the scales or some kind of justice where you get something in return or? you see that uh, you've inflicted an equal amount of pain on them through remorse or like, are, are you looking for that kind of payoff or are you looking to, to bond together about something and like come to a, an agreement? Yeah. Mostly trying to come to an agreement. I don't know. Yeah. I just like the I, conflict to end. So. <laughs> I see so many people in relationships where, <laughs> The husband will do something that's crappy, like say he'll go out drinking with his buddies and come home, and then he's just a jerk. He'll just like start yelling at the kids and his wife or whatever, and like just get be verbally abusive. And you'll see the other person, you'll see the other person in the relationship that's like, it's fine, I can deal with it because he's gonna pay, he's gonna take me and buy me this thing, and he's gonna take me out to dinner, and I'm gonna get what I want instead of like coming to any kind of like real well, to- understanding with each other. They were like, forget all Transactional. that. I don't care about that. I just want, I just want my payoff for his bad behavior. Transactional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've. No, I don't know what we've ever really had that type of relationship. I mean, we have our issues, but it's that's not like a transactional thing. What's What's yeah. scary though is imagine two people that both function that way. They could have a perfectly functional relationship. They'd be like, well, I'll try not to do something bad because I don't want to have to pay for it. And the other person's like, I hope he does something bad, so he has to pay for it. Then vice versa. Like, I know a lot really of what, people imagine, like that. Imagine that entire relationship. Imagine like 
being married for 50 years, and that's how it goes back and forth the entire time. And both of you are perfectly okay with it. Well, like, honestly, when I first met Joe, he smoked cigarettes, and he was a bartender. He drank all the time. He used to come home drunk, like, shit-faced drunk all the time. And, like, I told him, like, the smoking stopped immediately because I told him straight up, if you smoke a cigarette, I will not kiss you for the rest of the day. Until you brush your teeth again, I'm never kiss. I won't kiss you. So he stopped, and he stopped smoking. Mm-hmm. And then with the drinking, I was just like, I'm not gonna live in a household where somebody comes home drunk all the time. Like, yeah, you have we, we had to have a conversation about how I grew up and stuff, and how that's not gonna. He was never mean or anything like that, but that wasn't the point. Like, just him sure. being that drunk is a trigger to me. Unless I'm also that drunk. (laughs) No, I don't know if you made it clear to him or not, but it sounds like you communicated pretty clearly. Like, the smoking thing, that's just gross. I don't want to kiss you because it's just yucky. And I care about your health. But but he also was respectful enough to, like, Mm -hmm. take what I was saying and apply it to his life. Yeah, because but why? But why did he do it? Because he he loved me. Yeah, he didn't do it because he's like, well, I've got to do this if I'm going to get what I want. He did it because he cared about your feelings yeah, and your needs and your wants. It's the same thing with the drinking. Like, he probably, you had your talk about your past and your childhood and like when you were yeah. growing up. Did he do that because he felt bad because he got in trouble and he didn't want to make no. you mad and get him in trouble more? Or did he do, did he do that because he honestly understood that like your history? Your history made it, it, it hurt you, and he didn't yeah. want to hurt you. Well, not, not, only, it wasn't like I said, you're never drink, like, you're not doing that anymore, and it just stopped. Like, he would have, you know, he was a bartender, so some, oh, yeah. sometimes I'm like, are you drunk? He would never lie to me about it, though. Who? Which, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, he'd be like, what? I'm like, you're, because you can, like, he yeah. drinks fucking whiskey, so, like, I can smell mm-hmm. like you're drunk. Yeah. You smell like an old buddy. Yeah, uh, you're definitely drunk. But yeah, those were our, our only real two things in the beginning that yeah. we're like, I'm not, I won't deal with. Like, he, you can smoke pot all you want, but no cigarettes. Like, you can smoke pot and blow it <laughs> in my face, but no cigarettes. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like it's like making accommodations for each other because you care about each other. Like, yeah. you don't feel like you, well, what you're doing, you don't feel like the things that you ask of him are more important or outweigh the things he asks of you, right? Like, he probably no. has things that he wants to do or things that he likes. Does he ever ask you to stop something that you wanted to do and you did? Because yeah, watch well, it. <laughs> well, well yeah, there you go. I mean, no, we we really had to come to like an actual. Like, I promised I would only watch one show a day. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was it. I'd pick whatever show I wanted to watch. That was the only yeah. show. And I so would. You have a, yeah, you have to have so come to like an understanding have, with you. You feel like you guys have a pretty good balance, right? Like, yeah. you, you guys really you, you address each other's but it, concerns. It, I think it also doesn't happen like just like, I would like you to do this. And he's like, okay, I'll do that. Like, there's definitely. We've had to work on like communication. <laughs> you motherfucker, stop watching yeah, the goddamn exactly. news. I'm sick of this fucking news. I don't want to take control of my life. <laughs> so I mean it sounds like you guys have a pretty good relationship. I mean, granted. No, we do, yeah. But I'm like, saying so, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's not normal for people to never fight or anything. Right. No, people no. fight all the time. But the point but is you like when you do have when you do have the fight, when it's all over. Do you feel like you both really understand where each other's perspectives were and that you yeah. both care about each other? Well, and that also that also takes like an ability to say, like, I was wrong here, here, and here, but yeah. I also was doing that because of this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. And the person has to like understand you and you know, like a lot of times I'll preface something by saying, like, this yeah. isn't an excuse, it's an explanation. Because that yeah. kind of softens. Because sometimes people think you're just trying to excuse mm-hmm. your behavior. Yeah. Like, you know, like I have like severe bipolar, whatever depression. So like, oh, sometimes I fly off the handle and I need to like, you know, got reel it in. Apologize. For, well, not only but I have to apologize because I go fucking bad shit on people oh, verbally. You know, and I mean, that's I've gotten a lot better. 
because I see you as such like it's you're passion. such a it's passion. Yeah, I I see you get passionate about some of the things like you talk about. Like <laughs> I remember one honestly. time. I'll give you an example. One time. <laughs> oh shit! My bro- my little brother was in high school at the time, and he called me from ISS or something. And told me that they put him in ISS, he didn't do anything wrong, and they're being assholes. And my mom doesn't care; she won't come up and get him. Like, and my my brother also won't like come help him. Like, everyone's just left him stranded, and he didn't do anything. So instead of like thinking to myself, like this doesn't sound right, <clears throat> I drove over to my mom's house, and and her and my brother are standing out in the backyard, <laughs> and I went back out there, and I was like. You don't care about your son. But I just like literally flipped out on her. Oh, and she was like, yeah. Whoa, what the fuck? Am I right? Well, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Is whole... You yeah. saw you saw a deficit. You saw like I understand how this person feels. You crapped on them. And there's there's hurt feelings there. I see oh, yeah. two people that should care just as much about the situation. And you don't I guess and I'm, I'm gonna a... make you very aware how passionately I feel that you should feel this way too. Like Yeah. Well I'm like I'm a bit of a pit bull when it uh-huh. comes to like things. So like but sometimes I go after the wrong person. It is unjustifiable that you do not feel guilty for oh, your here, actions. Here's an, here's an, here's another perfect example. My cousin and her husband, who were always very nice to me. There was like some type of tournament going on and uh, it was for like my uncle or something. And they had, it was a golfing tournament and they asked me if I wanted to come. And I was like, oh yeah. And, and her, her husband wrote back, well, if Brian's coming, I'm not coming. Which is not what he meant. He meant if Brian's going to be on the team, then I, do, I don't need to come because there'll be too many people on the team. Uh, but I took it as he was being yeah. homophobic. Uh, and so I ripped his ass up and I didn't like I said some really fucking crazy metaphorically oh like I tried to ruin their marriage like I talked about him like fucking guys like I went nuts oh boy and he was like I I don't need to come because you guys got enough people well he tried to be like I'm not even you know like it got like I I went way overboard I don't remember Uh the entire conversation Cause that's another thing that when I don't take my meds, I, you know, you get to that point where you get so mad. You don't remember what you said. I like, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know it was very terrible and hurtful. You just had stuff on deck and it was just flying off the hook. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, my cousin I, who was like one of my favorite cousins, like we were, you know, I do something close. equally as destructive, but instead of pointing it out, Right at me. Uh, no, I always yeah. pointed outwards, <laughs> and then I pointed at me after I pointed outwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely have that cycle, but I think that's the amazing part, though, is that you're seeing it right and you know it, yeah. mm-hmm. and you've grown from all that. You know, right. like you. Well, I don't, I don't want that. my son. I don't want my son to have to go through that because. Oh, uh, I know. That's just not fair. <clears throat> yeah, the worst part is when you We're start changing. identifying your negative emotional traits in your kids, and you're like, "Oh, oh yeah, we gotta yeah. talk about those feelings. Let's talk about them. Come on, buddy. I know it sucks, but we gotta do it." Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we're doing that now. We're talking to the ten-year-old. Like, your feelings are not wrong. You're allowed to say, however it is you feel, whether I like it or not. Yeah, it's what okay. you do with those feelings. Like, you're yeah, angry exactly. now, dude. Yeah, people get angry. You can be angry. It's good to be angry. Get through it. Work through it. But don't work through it by knocking the TV over and peeing on it. Because that's not right. going to make anybody happy. And honestly, to throw to throw it back really quick, if, if we taught boys that from an early age, I don't think we would have the gun violence that we have. Because, right. <clears throat> to be honest, not one of the mass shootings has been from a woman or a girl or anybody who's feminine. It's all masculine men. Yeah, because Ooh. they're taught to just keep the to, to avoid that. They're, it's not okay to have those feelings. Oh. What does it say about the gay men that all are in love with the tos- toxic masculinity? Wow, well, we love like, there's got to be a daddy thing going on there. There's another episode. We just think there's a hot dick. Ding <laughs> <laughs> ding, and there's the boys Kelly are coming. 
<laughs> and that's how we ended up with this way, kids. We're four minutes over. We got to go. We love you. Um, I will not be on next week. So I hope you boys have fun with the girls. I'll be traveling back from Hotlanta. Um, yes. And yeah, we'll see you next. Well, they'll see you next week, and I'll see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. Bye. Finger guns. <laughs> oh my God, my glasses are all crooked. <laughs> <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.